2: Start to but he was like, he was wearing jeans. You you, you gotta look. Yes, stuff. I did see. He
1: he, he like he kind of went the wrong way and like threw in Yeah, or yeah, I did see that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and he like from from standing. I thought he was on a trampoline at first, and then I look. Now he's just just a standing jump. So what? Can I, for, what
1: did you post something in the live thread about it? Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, I posted I, I the look. I posted the video. Yeah,
1: I gotta look. Is it a Vine or?
2: Yeah, it's a Vine. Isn't it always?
1: Yeah. Not always, but usually a lot of it. the time. So where am I gonna find this? Okay. How high up do I is that on the first page?
2: Yeah, it's on the first page. Okay. Uh, here I'll it's it's towards it's towards the bottom of the first page.
1: I, I love the uh the Darren Ravel, Ron Bergen on oh, yeah. the flute. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see I saw the USA national anthem i did not see oh canada so i heard nelly fertado really did but really poorly. off
2: key she yeah. was really i think she started in the wrong key and then just could never get back
1: man that's tough that's a that's i imagine the acoustics are not good like in the middle of an arena
2: so it might be hard
1: to hear yourself
2: i guess so but like i mean for all of the they use drake like you would think they would have used drake for it right yeah
1: i guess <laughs> all right so here's LeBron
2: photobombing with
1: Craig Sager.
2: Oh, it's right after, it's right after, um, uh, the, the, the post. Oh, oh, okay. Here
1: we go. Here we go. Yeah. Right after the rush. Oh oh, oh
2: my goodness. Right. (laughs) I mean, that would have won the dunk contest.
1: Um, I don't know if it would have won the dunk contest.
2: Dude, behind his back. He's not even looking.
1: Dude. But what Aaron Gordon did. Look
2: at this. He's not looking at the hoop.
1: I'm just saying, I don't know. if that's I no, I, agree you, but I don't know I if that's better you. than what Aaron Gordon did.
2: Okay, but here's the thing: he just jumped over a dude from a standing jump and dunked with stand- his off hand. He he came running
1: in; it wasn't standing okay.
2: still from a from just run jump and
1: with the wrong hand backwards without looking. <laughs> it's insane. I'm I'm a little puzzled. Like, who is this guy?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I
1: have no idea. So, <laughs> it's, it's just sign this dude up for the next uh, dunk contest. And what is Red Panda? Is that the Chinese girl that, like, flips the plates on her head? I think so. But this okay. guy's wearing jeans, dude. He's wearing jeans. He is wearing jeans. Like, and not even basketball shoes. He's lucky he didn't smash his head on the rim. Or, like, tear his shoulder out, dunking backwards like that. It looked like... Yeah, he doesn't look at. <laughs> That's the weirdest part. Is like he doesn't even look at the ball when he grabs it. Like he's not. No, he's at looking anything. at anything. <laughs> like he's he could be blind. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, is there anything better than the reaction of hardcore basketball fans when someone throws down a crazy dunk? <laughs> oh no! Like it's, my it's favorite. My favorite reactions yesterday were. The, did you see the mascots rolling around on the court? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then Andre Andre Drummond when uh, just fell down. When, yeah, when Aaron Gordon did a second, he just collapsed on the floor like a guy that that just like had a stroke or something. Like he just collapsed, like he got tased. That dunk oh, contest went
2: on so long; I forgot who else was in it.
1: Oh yeah, because it didn't matter. I mean, there were only <laughs> two, there are only two guys in that dunk contest. Yeah, that was. I just, mean, that was just unbelievable. I, and you know what? True. You know what? What really made that dunk contest the best ever is, I think between those guys, they only missed like one or two dunks. You know? Yeah. Like out was, of like out of like twelve dunks, I think they missed two. That's. Are we biggest... recording this? By the way, we yeah, should be. I'm, I am recording. Okay, I'm recording. Usually, what what kills the momentum and the drama is you see a guy try a dunk. So now the surprise factor is gone.
2: Like, you know what he's going to do. And And at that point, he's got nothing
1: to gain by doing it. He almost has to do it to save face. Yeah. But, I mean, Gordon, that spinning thing where it, it it looked so cool in real time. Like, I mean, I got up out of my seat. I was flipping out. The crowd was flipping out. But it wasn't until they slowed it down that I realized just how insane that dunk was. The, oh, the, timing, he, the timing the well, timing it took to, and the to way pull way off the yeah. way he like picked it off from above the ball like he yeah. palmed it from above i just unbelievable yeah
2: but i thought i was actually well it was even more impressive the second one where he literally had i mean he was like cradling himself in midair it was unbelievable just you know, under both legs and
1: i i probably watched his dunks specifically 100 times between last night and this morning and so yeah. then this afternoon, I was like, okay, what is Aaron Gordon doing in-game? And so I looked <laughs> I looked up. He is as boring as, like, Big Z dunking a ball in-game. Yeah. There was a mix of, like, 20 of his dunks, and they were all essentially two-handed, nothing special.
2: I remember him having, like, one really kind of – I think mean, it was a good dunk, but just a really vicious dunk. I remember against the Cavs earlier this season. Well, then, but I, I, I wouldn't really watch. I don't think I ever watched an Aaron Gordon game that wasn't a Cabs Magic game.
1: Exactly, and that's yeah. And then I looked up. There's a mixtape of him when he's 16, and he's practically doing against you know little high school kids what he was doing last night. I mean, he's just throwing wow. down. He's throwing down 360 windmills and stuff in high school. And you just realize.
2: <laughs> a well, big that's probably difference. why he's still. it's probably why he's still in the league. Honestly, I mean, what, I mean, because Aaron Aaron Gordon's not doing anything else for your team, probably other than like putting back the occasional dunk, right? Well, let's look. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I honestly.
1: My wife was asking me, like, do you know who that guy is? I was like, well, yeah. I. Can't. She's like, well, does
2: he start? <laughs> I was like,
1: I don't think really. So, <laughs> yeah. but I don't actually know.
2: No, but it's like uh, Gerald Green, like Gerald Green was that he was only ever known for dunking before the last like I 2 mean, years with the Heat. He's
1: uh he's their sixth man essentially. Gordon? Yeah, he's he's uh sixth on the team in minutes played. Mm. So, and he's played he's actually started 11 games. So, it's not like he hasn't started. Right. Um Yeah, let's see minutes per game where is he at? He is yeah, sixth. Yeah, just 22 minutes a game. All right. Uh, he takes six shots, and he only makes 3 uh, less than three of them.
2: I guess he's only 20. I mean, he's only been in the league for a year and a half now.
1: Yeah. He's basically a rebounder.
2: His per is pretty good. He's 16 and three-quarters per, per. I mean, that's not bad for a guy off the bench.
1: Yeah, big men always have high PERs just because they get rebounds, and their field goal percentage is usually decent. Yeah, like J.J. Hickson had a per of like around twenty while well, the whole time he was in Cleveland.
2: Oh wow, his last three games though were pretty good. Like he had double digit rebounds against in the last three games, including fourteen against San Antonio.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's twenty. I mean, he could be good in a couple of years. Yeah, but man, I I couldn't even believe what he. Oh, was that doing. dude
2: got up, man! Unbelievable. And I, I'm I was with you too. I I can't believe he lost. Well, that's the thing. So I think, you know, a 50,
1: so many people have 50s in every dunk contest that there's no way to really differentiate between, I mean, how do you, so what, six dunks last night got a 50? Well, some of them were better than others, right? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. everyone would agree the best dunk of the night, Well, and maybe the best dunk of all time, in my opinion, was him, I don't even know what you would call it, like a under the legs jackknife.
2: Breadbasket, something or other. I don't know. Yeah, like, fun. like uh yeah. It was like a, I've never seen anything like it. It ever. was like
1: it was like Scrooge McDuck in Ducktales for NES. Only he didn't bounce off of his cane.
2: Yeah, you know?
1: but he was just just <laughs> ridiculous. And I mean, that should be more. I don't know if it needs to be more than fifty points, or they need to be they need to almost never give out
2: fifties. You know. Shaq gave out a ten early when like every no one else was giving out like high scores and I, I think I I even commented at that point it was like well Shaq <laughs> Shaq like blew his ten wad too soon and then he went on the like then I think he over he overcorrected it and only put up a nine a couple of times for even the like one of the one of the Gordon dunks so. yeah
1: well I mean I think what they should do is make it out of a hundred points and just have it be known that it's practically impossible to get a hundred like a hundred there's like five dunks all time that would be worth a hundred and and then just uh and do it that way spread it out a little bit because right now you know guys can only do one through ten or zero through i mean there was a there was a uh who was it was it will barton who i don't even know he might have missed all his dunks i'm not even sure i think he he made
2: the first one but yeah most of the rest of them he missed yeah
1: but did somebody get like 36 points for not even making a dunk?
2: Yeah, that was yeah, he did. Will Barton did, yeah. So it he was got, like his second so, his second so, dunk he got 36 points. But for. he didn't even like he didn't even dunk it. No, oh, no, 30 like, points because it was like everybody gave him a 6 and there were five judges. So.
1: Right. So he got better than a 5 out of 10 for a yeah. for for not making a dunk. For like good good effort. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like you you jumped and you had a basketball in your hand and you were wearing a uniform, so you get better than fifty percent. I mean it's like I mean what is this? Is this like the education system run amok in America? Everyone's like a winner I mean, seriously what I mean I can I can run up there and not dunk. You know, I mean do I get yeah. do I get thirty points?
2: So, well, it certainly it certainly wasn't wasn't uh, deserving of the like ten minute video introductions of all these guys. Like, no, it should have yeah. just been a. It, it's really just been a two man dunk. Oh, I know. Like,
1: my wife was like after the Will Barton, and she's like, "Is this guy really good?" And I was like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> it's like, well, he he sounds like he's really. Good. <laughs> and Jeez. I was like, "Yeah, he sounds very confident," and yeah. uh, he did nothing special. No. So, but think about and, that. So you and, can. And, you, yeah. can mi- you can miss a dunk. You, c- you can not make a dunk and you're going to get 30. And you know, all kinds of dunks are going to get 50. So you've only got like a 20-point spread to really differentiate. And what we saw last night, I mean, of those six dunks that got 50, I would say at least three, maybe four of those dunks are top 10
2: all-time dunks. Yeah. Well, here's – my what I think is that they – and it's funny, it was Stephen A Smith who said he was caught sleeping by this dunk contest, like he didn't see it coming, and I don't think anybody did, and I think no. that was part of the part of the problem with the you know with the rating system is the dunk contest hasn't been very good for the last few really i mean I guess look Le, Le, Levine or Levine I don't know how to say it like was pretty good last year too, but I mean this was just on a whole different level, and I think no one really saw it coming and so you know, maybe for next year there will be some sort of a uh, an adjustment in the you know in the scoring, but you know, but then of, of course once they do that, then it'll go back to sucking again or, or something. Although if these two guys agree to be in it, then it probably won't.
1: Oh, I, yeah, if these two guys agree to be in it, it'll be huge for the next, I mean, they're Levine, so young, they could do it for another five years if they wanted.
2: It's true. Although Levine did kind of go back to the the free throw line stuff pretty often. I mean, he did three different variations on that theme granted he probably was like out of idea he said he was he was out of ideas at a certain point i think you it know, was uh
1: i think it was a Dande that wrote a little piece about that and and he claimed that uh levine has never done a through the legs from the free throw line. do you buy that that he's never done it like he i can't it,
2: believe he hasn't at least done it in practice yeah I mean, or yeah Maybe never like tried it in competition, but like I, I'm, I'm sure he's. It's it, it wouldn't be that he hasn't done it, but I mean to be fair, that one was the closest in too. I think he was about five feet in from the from the foul foul line at that point. But that first one was legit. That first one was, it was wait five probably feet. It was it was to, maybe a foot and a half. It wasn't five feet. Okay, maybe not five. But I mean but it was it was one. Okay, the first one, step, okay, but the first one, one that first one was. As close to yeah. Jordan's as anybody's come, I think. Because even Jordan wasn't behind the line. His was like a half a no, foot Jordan
1: wasn't on the line. There have been people that have done it from behind the line. In um, the contest, though? I'm not sure in the contest. But, like, I think Dr. J actually did it from behind the line, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, you're right. I think like, you're right. In,
1: like, like, in an exhibition or something.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, in in the dunk contest, like... Jordan's was the closest I'd, I think I have ever seen in the in the dunk contest to behind the free throw line, and his he was a hat, like like a one foot on the line, and yeah. then Levine was Levine was probably like I mean his foot was still touching the line, although it was it was definitely past the line, but still that was really impressive. I mean he he definitely got up there and floated like like MJ. Oh, once. he
1: flew, he flew, yeah. yeah. And you know he could have actually taken off from a little bit behind the line because he actually dunked it from the side of the rim. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like he came in from the top from the front. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Wow. I I was just, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe a dunk. And and just the way that they, it was so fast. It was like
2: one after the other and they were all incredible. And, we, well, like you said, they, no, nobody missed. Like, that was the great part was that you didn't have to wait around for, like, oh, well, he missed that one. Okay, give him another chance. Oh, he missed the nail Okay, he's going to get it this time. Like, it wasn't any of that. It was just just straight <laughs> guys making dunks. And
1: Gordon is such a – I mean, just the way the ball – I guess because he's taller. The ball comes through the hoop for, with a more up-down trajectory. It's not kind of rattling around the net or rattling the rim. I mean he throws it down and that just to me that really improves the aesthetics of a dunk like that that one he did off the uh off the backboard where Alfred Payton threw it I mean yeah. that was just such a cool looking dunk and you and you look at it and you're like technically that wasn't even close to the hardest dunk of the night But if you if you were to score it the way they do figure skating, where there's, like, the technical component and then, like, the artistic component, just everything about the way he flew through the air, the way he tucked his legs, the way he put the ball actually through the hoop, like, that's an underrated part of dunking. And one of the reasons I think some of LeBron's power dunks are so cool looking, even though they're not super creative, it's just because he actually, like, spikes it into the hardwood. He doesn't, like, throw it through and it kind of, like, you know oh, there's a
2: velocity it, factor it's a,
1: but it's like straight down you know yeah. like i yeah. remember a, i remember a dunk he threw down i think it was against the bulls and he threw it down so hard it popped up and hit someone like in the face <laughs> and went like shooting into the into the cameras and it's just oh man that is so powerful
2: well it's funny david had a comment about if it, if he was doing the dunk contest he would have guys playing a game of like 3 on 3 under the under the hoop and then come in and just dunk in the middle of it and I thought it was the the point I took away from it was most of the dunks that you see during the regular season in the NBA that make the highlight reels or you know are on top 10 sports center or whatever like a lot of them have somebody on the receiving end right yeah. like oh, somebody yeah. getting somebody getting Mozgov or somebody yeah. getting yeah. absolutely posterized and I thought about that I'm like, I'm shocked that no one's ever really kind of gone there where it's like okay i really want you to try to defend this and i'm gonna i'm gonna jump up and just jam it in your face well imagine
1: if it was just like draymond green out of bounds on the baseline and you know russell westbrook at three quarters court and the and they uh, you know a gunshot goes off and westbrook just starts running and green (laughs) starts running from the baseline and they i mean that would be the coolest thing they would never do that one because guys could get hurt Two, because NBA players don't like to get embarrassed, but right. yeah, having like a a poster contest would be that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, or or have somebody go out with with a fat head with like a life size like poster of a guy, like literally do a posterization.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that might work. I don't know. That might get kind of weird. Maybe, but, yeah, maybe. But you know what? Everyone was thinking of a million ideas to spice up the dunk contest, but it was which so, is it, which it is was, great. It was so good last night that just more of that. More more of Gordon and Levine and
2: Well, I think it, it hopefully it inspires like a whole new like generation of of kids that watching at home are like, Oh man, I gotta try this dunk or that dunk. I mean, that's the way it used to be back when you know, when it was MJ versus Dominique and you know, and, and Spudweb against you know, against uh I guess what did he do it? Who did Spud? Who, was it was it against? No, it wasn't against Dominique. But I remember like remember when Spud Webb won it like three years in a row just because he looked so cool for a, a little guy like that yeah. to get up yeah. and throw it down. So. Well, same
1: with same with Nate Robinson.
2: Yeah, that's right. Nate and uh, and uh, Howard that one year. Yeah, I mean,
1: you see a lot of these guys that get invited to the dunk contest because they're good dunkers in game, but I don't think that necessarily translates. The dunk contest you want people that can leap ridiculously high, yep, and then really tiny guys. Like that's yeah. like the two. That's like you want like the Nate Robinsons of the world, where it's like a circus act that the guy can jump that high, and then you want like the Dwight Howards, the Aaron Gordons, the Zach Levines, the Vince Carter's, the people that just, I mean, fly. Like not not the people that you know they dunk well in game. Like almost all. I mean. Almost every NBA player can dunk, right? I mean, yeah. it's not, um, you know, the Blake Griffin's so the guys like that. You want to see in a dunk contest, just jumping, jumping, you know, doing the three sixty and still going up, right? Like yeah. those those kind of guys.
2: So. Well, and that's why I couldn't understand why Drummond was was in the point. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, it
1: doesn't make sense.
2: Doesn't. I felt bad for Andre, although I, I was, I said, I, I thought Andre should have tried to to dunk from the free throw line just for the irony of it. Yeah.
1: So I wrote down a little list. By the way, thanks for listening to another edition of <laughs> Cavs the podcast. Now that we're twenty minutes in, and um, you know we're it's gonna, just us tonight. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just uh, it's just me and Evil Genius, and we're gonna the non gonna,
2: the non Valentine uh, uh, guys, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I know we lost a lot of people to romance tonight, so hey, Godspeed, you guys. Good luck. Um, so I got a little list of things and. Our podcasts keep getting longer and longer and longer and longer.
2: So and let's go for let's go for three hours tonight, Tom.
1: <laughs> I was going to try the opposite direction. I'm
2: kidding. I was kidding. And yeah.
1: say, um, I got a little list. We're going to do a little rapid fire. All right. That's cool. Uh, and we'll, like just try to, we'll just try to keep it light and fun. It's All-Star weekend. It's been a fun weekend. Two-man um, game. Two-man yeah, man a game. little two-man game. So All-Star game, which was tonight, give me your top three moments from the night it doesn't even have to be in game just something that happened and it was like you're gonna remember it and it was fun
2: man um or just give me
1: one and then you can think about your <laughs> second one while I'm getting well that's a real two-man game right a little give and go yeah
2: yeah exactly uh you know what as for as much fun as i made of uh the whole kobe thing in in the live thread intro and i was pretty harsh i think um it was still kind of cool to see him out there getting the standing ovation, you know, as as he walked off the court. I mean, I, I, he's never been one of my favorite players, but you know, there's there is something about there's something about watching legends finish, you know, finish their careers. And this has certainly been a big part of Kobe's career, showing up for all star games and you know, and and doing his thing. So, uh, look, like, I, I think it was a it was definitely a definitely a, a big. Sort of, uh, I wouldn't say fun moment, but certainly a, a poignant moment for for people that are fans of Kobe, which I, I'm not, but I can still appreciate what it was.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how to describe. I, I have uh, I have varying um, thoughts on the whole Kobe thing. I I think emotionally, I enjoyed seeing him kind of smile. I guess I you know someday I'm going to retire from my job, and I hope it's like that, where all my peers are like. You know, happy, and oh, we're gonna miss you, man, you know that kind of thing, and yeah it'd be it'd be really cool if they put up eight montage videos you know, <laughs> that of, was that was a little much of me doing engineering
2: on a jumbotron um but, I mean it was yeah, supposed to start at five twenty, and the game didn't start to like five fifty i
1: is, think is is Kobe like the greatest redemption story of the last twenty years in sports, like I'm trying to think of a better one.
2: Well, Harris. Ray Lewis Ray Lewis is probably a bigger okay. one. Okay, all right, yeah, I'll give you that. Ray Lewis, but. like, but as far as basketball goes, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, as far as like like potentially breaking the law and then coming back and and you know changing his number and changing yeah. his image and well, becoming it, the guy that wins that's, five that's championships. The that's and, the thing.
1: I didn't think I didn't feel like he changed his image. I feel like he was kind of relentlessly a jerk for his entire career. I mean. Yeah, he, no, I mean, you're not, you're right. No, not, you're right that, about that. not that yeah. I not that I particularly like players because they're nice or not nice. I mean, Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time, hands down. Um, you know, I I respect the heck out of what he did, and by all accounts, he was kind of a jerk, and I could care less. I mean, I wouldn't want him to be a nice guy because I think his his mindset is kind of what led to that edge that allowed him to dominate people for so long. So it's not that that bothers me. It's just Um, you know, in an age when advanced stats were, I mean, Kobe played starting at the end of the Jordan era. Um, and he, he has played all the way through to where now we have advanced stats that really try to uncover some of the finer nuances of the game. And they're just not going to look nearly as kindly on him as his reputation. And so, I mean, he's, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. I don't know what the final score of that game was in 2008 when the uh, big three Celtics beat the Lakers, Mm. but uh, did they win by 30 by 40? Yeah, it it was bad. I mean, it was it was horrible. And a couple, you know, not even a few months later, um, Kobe is playing on team USA. He is nowhere near the best player in the world at this point in 2008. He's just not, I mean, LeBron is a better player. Um, and yet, you know, every single day or night or whatever time it was in Beijing, the announcers were just falling over themselves yeah. to just talk about the greatest player on the planet. Like, I felt like I heard the phrase greatest player on the planet more than I heard the phrase, Kobe Bryant. I'm thinking,
2: He's huge in China, though. I mean, he's, he he's of all the NBA guys. He no, but this was like this, these were the American guys I was listening to. Yeah, no, I know, <laughs> but they were probably also catering to the Beijing hometown audience too.
1: I used to, uh, you know, back when
2: before I was on
1: Cavs the blog, I used to uh, post this little thing where I would post two players, Player A and Player B, and it was just their per thirty six minute adjusted <laughs> stats for regular season and for postseason, and at that time. Kobe was almost indecipherable from Monty Ginobili in, yeah. in, in every way. They had like the same amount of rings. They had like the same stats, and it was like one of these guys you're saying is the greatest player to ever play the game. Because back then, Kobe fans legitimately thought he was better than Jordan. Yeah, and uh, so I had to stem that tide. Eg,
2: you were um, you you did, and you I think you I think you did for everybody outside of Los Angeles. I, I hope I hope so,
1: but you know it's like. Yeah, even in Los Angeles, like he kind of ran Shaq out of town and and sabotaged the team, and then he demanded a trade. Pau Gasol falls in their lap. Yeah, you know, it's just like a lot of things really went. I'm not saying Kobe is not one of the greatest players of all time. He is. I would not say he's top five. I'm not even sure he's top ten to be honest.
2: Well, um, look, he's probably top ten, but you're. I think you're right. He's not. He's not top five. But I mean, the other thing is too, like. For, the, for all of those, for everyone who is not a fan of Kobe, you have to really kind of you know have relished the last couple of years of you know ignominity he's had in, in LA and the struggles they've gone through. And you know I mean it, it, look this is a and I think that's part of the that's part of the backlash against the farewell tour too, which is you know everybody that, that's wanted to see him be like, ah, see, that's what you get for just taking the money and being a jerk all these years. Now it's a sort of like you're right. It's a sort of apology tour, where everybody conveniently forgets about how much of a jerk he's been, and just say, "Wow, yeah, it's great." Having said all that, it's still he's still a guy that that I think in the annals of the NBA is is somebody that is certainly all of these all of these players tonight speak highly of him. You know, and I don't think it's all just lip service. I think a lot of them really did look up to him growing up and and learning the game and and he yes his 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 shot selection was certainly not you know not terrific but his work ethic always was and i think that's the thing that that people i think that what these guys in the nba respect about him is that you know he he always was you know he's <laughs> a guy that lived in the gym and you know and that's and that's what he was always kind of known for
1: I guess respect is a really good word, and I have a I have a lot of respect for Kobe, especially uh, not this year, but kind of the last four or five years of his career. I would say from about twenty eleven on, when he was past his athletic prime, um, that he didn't really drop off. You know, I never thought his prime was nearly as good as people claim it was, and yeah. I, I also feel like much like Vince Carter, he's he aged very gracefully before this year. Yeah. Uh,
2: and so- well, and the the injury. I mean, the, he's had some pretty catastrophic injuries the last few years. I mean, Achilles, and then the shoulder, and then the and the knee. I mean, he's oh, he's yeah. had some pretty bad. I mean, that. I mean, that's just. There's there's really no way he's going to be anything close to what he used to be. But uh, but he still has.
1: What do you so, think it is? I guess I, I kind of veered away from my original Yeah, thought. I know. We're,
2: then we, we're doing the opposite of Rapid Fire right now. Well, no, it was just, I'm surprised
1: people like him so much. Like, I'm not surprised yeah. people respect him. I'm surprised that in Cleveland he's getting a standing O. I'm surprised in Toronto, you know, it's like eight montages and everyone's falling over them. So I, I'm just a little surprised at that. Like, I'm not surprised people aren't respecting what he did. Uh, but and people are People are treating this guy like not only is he a great basketball player, but he's like the Pope or the Dalai Lama or something. Like he's, yeah, that, he's just a really cool time. guy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know. But part of me almost is like, I don't well, know. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like he loves the game. You know, I don't feel is, like he's like, a great teammate, but I just feel like I remember thinking this years ago, listening to him, thinking, man, he'd make a great analyst because he just really loves the game. So I think that's maybe where why tonight when he's smiling on the court and he made that toilet ball, I kind of like was happy that it went in, which is just crazy to think that I'm sympathetic to Kobe. But I feel like I can I can understand his his passion, at least for the sport. So, yeah.
2: And was it over LeBron, too? Was that on his one on one with LeBron? I'm not sure. It was early in the game. It might
1: have been. it. It might have been.
2: Oh, I I, I remember, I can't believe I didn't say this is my favorite moment of the game, but it was the blown Draymond Green dunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that was my, I mean, uh, that was my moment of joy from this All-Star game.
1: As soon as I saw that, I just lit (laughs) up. I knew you were going to be so happy (laughs) when that happened.
2: I mean, just there's nothing better than that.
1: You know, I got a problem, though, because as much as I actually really do have a visceral hatred for Draymond Green, I, I know what I, you're going to say.
2: I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say he's really good.
1: Not only is he really good, I sort of love his post-game comments.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, like for example, I watched the end of, or maybe I just watched the highlights of the, the Pistons-Warriors loss. Right. And in that game, Draymond lost his cool multiple times. I think he got rejected at the rim a few times by Drummond. He He tried starting a fight with Drummond, which was just silly, because as big as Draymond is, Drummond is, like, twice his size. And Drummond (laughs) basically told him to just go pound sand. Right. And, and and after you know, I was so, like, hyped up. Like, yeah, yeah, Draymond's getting what's coming to him. Like, what, you know, what a jerk, that guy. I was so, you know, pumped. And in the post-game comments, it was Draymond Green that came out and said, we got punked tonight. And I was on Twitter saying boy Draymond got punk tonight and then it really lost its luster when he went out of his way to say yeah we got punk tonight <laughs> I played like crap it's like come on man I really want to hate you like really really badly but yeah then the whole thing where he called Doc Rivers gland cracks me up <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess last night he had a quote where he said uh, to Clay top or to Steph Curry Hey, don't feel bad. You lost to Clay Thompson. I almost lost to Kevin Hart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he did, by the way. I think the, uh, Kevin Hart got robbed. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, if he was on the Cavs, he would probably be my favorite player.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. I just, ah, man, there's just something about that guy that just rubs me oh, in the wrong oh, way. Oh, I know. Oh,
1: he's, I mean, he's, uh, he's always grabbing jerseys. He just seems like a dirty player, whether or not he is. Um, I don't know.
2: Well, and I think some of that comes from, you know, the precedent that was set for, um, you know, even in in the finals last year where it was the the sort of the, okay, we're just going to let, we're going to, we're not going to call any jersey grabbing or, you know, inside play. And, you know, it's just when, when that tone is set, then why wouldn't you, right? Why wouldn't you continue to do it until you got called for it?
1: Yeah. All right, back you know? to rapid fire. We both gave
2: yes. okay. a pro.
1: I mine wasn't really pro Kobe. We talked about Kobe. Uh, give me something else from the All Star game. I, I saw you say something. Did John Wall take a granny three point shot?
2: So after the um, there was a, there was one of the I think one of the like two fouls called in the game, um, and John Wall was beyond the three point arc and. He just chucked the ball up Granny Smith style or Granny style, and I
1: like Granny Smith. Granny style. Smith style.
2: I'm just picking and it, him with and an it went apple in and his it went left hand. in for three point. And I thought, man, like if if John Walken hit Granny style three pointers, maybe I mean that like it. how great would that be?
1: Yeah, maybe he should try it. <laughs> I may, I missed that, so it must have been in the fourth
2: quarter. I think it was in the uh, I want to say it was in the late like late third quarter, but. Yeah. Yeah, it was. A, it was after like one of the the three fouls that were called in the game. They actually called one. They called one obligatory travel call. I think it was against Chris Paul, and they called one obligatory uh, uh, like up and down where where uh, Andre Drummond threw the ball up and then kind of passed it to nobody and then caught the ball himself, and they called him for it. But I think it was about the extent of the the refereeing for the game.
1: So give me the over under on the number of. David Stern voodoo dolls that are um, <laughs> present in New Orleans. Uh, I think there's probably got to be at least five thousand, right? I mean, what do you think those fans were thinking watching not one, not two, not three, but like more than five insane alley oop hookups between Chris Paul and Anthony Davis?
2: I mean, it was it was like it was it was kismet. It was like it was meant to be.
1: Yeah. So the league comes in, takes over the team, and trades Chris Paul. <laughs> uh and now they have Anthony Davis and eight people that can't play any defense whatsoever and they're yeah. not even gonna make the playoffs. It's like I think we've all
2: forgotten really quickly how good Anthony Davis is. Well, he's sort of made it easy to forget though. I mean, what did you you had a great comment during the skills contest when he got beat by, by Boogie Cousins. Mm-hmm. What was it the what was it the uh yeah. Anthony Davis just went from, being a, from 30, being a
1: perennial thirty plus per All NBA first team big to can't even beat a disinterested Boogie <laughs> Cousins in the skills challenge.
2: Who yeah. like he he like knocked the thing off the tee, the ball off the tee, let it bounce around for a little while, and just nonchalantly like wove his way through the course. This is why I mean, and I think I mentioned it's like the skills competition is not a skills competition because at the end of the day, all you really have to do is make sure that you hit a three before the other guy hits a three, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times it takes you to throw the, pass the ball through the, through the tire and have it light up. doesn't matter how many, how many, you know, cones you miss dribbling the ball up and down the floor. doesn't matter if you allow the other guy to take the layup ahead of time, ahead of you, as long as you get to the other end and make a three before the other guy makes a three, so isn't that just a three-point contest? Like, I mean, well, what? It's
1: the it's the it's the long pull in the tent for sure. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Who was it? A
1: guard that lost the ball dribbling through the stationary <coughs> obstacles? Or yeah, I think
2: a, it was. I think it was Jordan Clarkson, or maybe it was McCollum, but it was whoever. Probably yeah. whoever I picked. I mean, I think I lost my money pretty quickly on McCollum. McCollum
1: airballed one of his first three-point attempts by a lot. Yeah, and so um, rest assured, Cavs the blog or er, uh, blog readers, we won't be proposing any Kyrie Irving for CJ McCollum trades on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but sh- but shout out to Nate and Ben for uh, for thinking outside the box and stretching the trade machine to its extremes. <laughs> um, so okay, give me one more. Uh, moment from All Star Weekend that uh that you're gonna remember. I mean we've already talked at ad nauseum about the dunk contest, so maybe something different. Yeah.
2: Well, um I mean let's see, we did we cover the three three point contest? Sort Not of. Really. Would, no, be no. Able. all right. So I mean if that if that three point contest was kind of I mean you you seemed kind of down about it because it was I, I was just a warrior about it. A warrior <laughs> showcase. <Okay. laughs> But uh, I'm very down
1: about it because Clay Thompson can can literally disappear. He he can disappear for 48 minutes, and the Warriors can win by 30. Yeah. Or or Steph Curry can shoot six of 20 or six of 18, and and uh, Clay will drop 50 points. Like it it just seems almost unfair. Like it feels like. <clears throat> the Warriors are a 72 win team without Clay Thompson. I mean, it honestly feels like that to me. I'm not, that's obviously not real, but it feels no. like that. He just feels like the ultimate gravy player. Like you totally forget how good he is and how hot he can get.
2: But he's and sort of the, he's like the Warriors version of JR. I mean, because honestly, like for as good as he looked in the three-point contest. He looked horrible tonight in the in the actual All Star game.
1: Yeah, let's talk about who looked horrible tonight. Uh, I was not impressed with either of the Hawks players, Millsap or Al Horford. I was not impressed with Lamarcus Aldridge.
2: Oh, Lamarcus, um, he got. I think Lamarcus got stuffed on one too. Well, he. Yeah. I think
1: he had an air ball, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was not impressed with Isaiah Thomas. Uh, no,
2: look, Clay, Clay Thompson was. Three of eleven, three of ten from three. And he had oh, oh, I mean, he, he wide open shots.
1: Mello looked horrible. He looked like he was injured or something.
2: Yeah, Mellow could barely run. Mello certainly didn't look like he was on his way to the Cavs, that's for sure. Uh,
1: no. And guys that <laughs> did guys that looked Paul this, George Paul
2: George looked insane.
1: He did. Um obviously Russell Westbrook turning into uh Mark Price looked pretty good.
2: Although I have to say, like, Westbrook only hit 7 of 17 three-pointers, so... He took 17 three-pointers? He took seventeen three pointers and made seven. Now, by the way, Paul George took 19 three-pointers and made oh, nine of them, goodness. so... I mean, look, he was at least almost 50%, but, you know, but Russ was a little worse than that, so...
1: I thought, um... I thought Chris Kyle, Paul. Chris Paul had
2: 16 assists.
0: Yeah, by the way, Chris
1: Paul looked great. I thought Kyle Lowry was pretty good. Um, I saw some. I saw some. Lowry
2: didn't shoot that well, though. Lowry really? jacked up a lot of threes, which is not not really his his game. But he, he had some good. I mean, Lowry was a was a a game worse minus 28. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would have thought that uh, Carmelo would have had a, the worst plus minus, but
2: no. It's actually, the So first was Kyle Lowry at minus twenty eight. Then it was Isaiah Thomas at minus eighteen. I agree with you. Isaiah Thomas looked terrible. Yeah. And but then LeBron at minus thirteen in only twenty minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the NBA has gotten more and more of a fraternity. And tonight with the whole like the whole point is to try to get Kobe the MVP. I've never seen I mean I've seen uh you know, like globetrotters games with more defense than tonight. So I don't think the
2: globetrotters have ever scored 196 points on that. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> Gen- that, that was something else. So that this will be this was a good All Star weekend. Not not the best game, um, you know, but the dunk contest maybe the best of all time. I'm, I in my opinion, it's the best dunk contest of all time. I mean, some people yeah. would would differ on that.
2: I I would say I would agree with you in that it's at least in the top three of all time, and I'd say it's a pretty good shot at, at number one. I have to go. I'd have to go back and and re- revisit some of those early day ones, but um, but certainly of the last ten years, I'd say it's absolutely the best one. So, what do you think,
1: Greg Popovich thinks of like All Star Weekend? You think he enjoys it? Do you think he sort of? deals with it do you think he kind of i mean they showed him having fun uh i don't know who who was he guarding was he guarding he was guarding kobe yeah yeah i think he uh, was having a good time
2: i think pop was having a good time i think pop's at a place probably in his career where somebody was saying that they were they were musing on the the pregame show about how who would have ever thought that popovich would be here coaching this all-star team with a whole new group of all-stars. Like, he's with Kawhi and LaMarcus. Yeah. And none of them are Tim Duncan or Ginobili, Ginobili or, or Tony, Tony Parker. Parker. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, I mean, some guys, they talk about guys in business that have, like, you know, second and third careers. It feels like Pop's on his second or third career, even though he's still doing the same job. He He definitely seemed like he was enjoying himself. He was out there clapping and whooping it up. I think it was probably his directive to put uh, Draymond and, um, and uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Durant on Paul George to face guard him and prevent him from getting Will Chamberlain's all-time record of, of 42 points in a, in a game, in an All-Star game. Um, and probably because that was fun for him. Like, oh, there's one moment, that, like shining moment of defense he can kind of put on as a grace note, you know, in, in this ridiculous <laughs> game of scoring. But uh, I don't know. I think he's having a good time out there. It certainly seems like it. He seems like he's a lot less, you know, even even. I mean, as far as curmudgeonly as he can be with the media, he even seems to be having fun with that this year. I yeah.
1: agree. I agree. Yeah, maybe. Uh,
2: maybe he's going to retire. Who knows?
1: Who knows? But is it too late for him to to join the presidential, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the election year? I mean, I don't care if he joins Republicans or Democrats. Oh I because, thought I thought
2: you were gonna have you were gonna suggest it should have been LeBron's jumper that, that joined. Oh, yeah. yeah, LeBron's
1: jumper is leaning. That was a so.
2: great was that your was that your comment? Because that was great.
1: Yeah, I mean that it didn't take a lot of creativity. I just I was watching it thinking, could he possibly be leaning farther to the left? And then I just for some reason Bernie Sanders popped in my head, so I sent <laughs> you guys that email that if LeBron leads any farther to the left, I mean one of two things is gonna happen. He's gonna enter the race or he's going to fall over. I mean, those are the only two things that can happen here. Uh, it, I mean, let's just talk about this for about 30 seconds, LeBron's okay. jumper. So yeah. just, it, you know, if you understand physics, right, if you jump up and then you release the ball kind of in an upward trajectory, that the force of all your muscles and tension and all the, you know, torque that you release to do that, you you transfer that to the ball and you get that nice arc. I mean, what LeBron is doing he might as well be sitting in a recliner shooting because he can't possibly be getting any or, or almost minimal, you know, lift from his lower body into his shot. And subsequently, he's just kind of throwing the ball now. He's not even really shooting it. It's almost like there's two different motions going on. There's the there's his lower body, which is like, yeah, I'm gonna lean left and kind of kick out my foot and kind of fall away. And then after he's done doing that, his upper body's like. Yeah, I'm going to kind of like pull this back over my, you know, over my nose, the bridge of my nose. I'm just going to kind of throw it. Like they're they're decoupled and they they really couldn't possibly be working together. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it except it's to the point where I don't think he can possibly become a good outside shooter if his mechanics don't improve. I mean, I know that's not necessarily true because you can have guys with terrible mechanics that are still good shooters, but in this case, I feel like he's so out of whack.
2: Yeah. Well, he was. I mean, in a in an All Star game with nobody guarding him, he was one of five from three point range. Yeah. One of five. Same as same as Carmelo, by the way. I mean, that just that just. I mean, honestly, I I know he's he did that whole thing about where he talked about, well, you know, I'm not a three point shooter, and that's you know, it's not part of my game, and it's just you know, if the shot's there, I'm going to take it. It's like I, it just seems so contradictory to to what he ought to be thinking about i mean teams just dare him to shoot three pointers and he falls into that trap i've noticed too i went back and looked at their at their third quarter issues when they were when they went through that stretch where they were having the calves i'm talking about and invariably lebron would take two and sometimes three of his like four or five average uh three pointers a game right at the beginning of the quarter of the of the second half yeah yeah and, it's, and, it's, it's and, and it would like, always and it would and it would, it would miss most of them and the with the long rebound it would lead to easy transition points for the other team and like that seemed to be exactly what was fueling these teams getting right back into into games in the se- in third quarters of games yeah i've
1: noticed that i think what he's doing there is he's hoping his jumper is on and he could get some baskets that don't require a ton of energy. And, yeah, I think it takes the Cavs out of the flow. But I noticed that he, he settles for that early. He doesn't do it in the first quarter. The Cavs always seem to come out so focused yep. and, and dominant offensively. And in the third quarter, it's almost like he's dipping his toe to te- test the temperature of the water. Like, okay, let's just do well, where I almost where feel,
2: like, I feel like what they should do is just not a, not let him take three-pointers in practice. You know, in it, it, it like towards the towards the end Even when they come back on the floor and they're like warming up again, like before the start of the second half, like yeah. just don't let him take any threes because then I think he probably <laughs> hits a couple, yeah. and then he's like, all right, I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit a few more in the game, and then they don't go in.
1: So evil genius and- is suggesting that the Cavs forcibly tell LeBron <laughs> what to do in warm-ups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good luck with that one that's that account accountability that David that's my Griffin yeah that's my, Ty my
2: my my Ty tyloo whiteboard accountability yeah. moment of the day
1: yeah <laughs> lebron's goofing around uh takes a selfie of himself throws the ball off the backboard and throws down a dunk and warm-ups tyloo comes out bear hugs lebron throws his ass on the bench and tells him he's not going in the rest of the half because <laughs> he did <laughs> Cause he didn't thought through. it's like the, uh, it's like the Norman Dale. I, I got my, my team's on the floor. My team's right. on the floor. <laughs> right. Oh man. Right. Yeah. LeBron. I thought um, did some fun stuff tonight. At least I, Oh yeah.
2: Know, oh some no. He created, creative, he creative
1: dunks and he had some nice passes to people.
2: Yeah, he still wound up with seven assists. I mean, he only played twenty minutes, which I, I mean, it's yeah, funny. Thank like, you,
1: thank you, Tyloo.
2: Yeah, Tyloo really there. wanted to wanted to keep him safe. I mean, I thought for sure he was going to be put back out there in the fourth quarter to go up against Kobe for you know the obligatory one on one fest. Yeah, but he kind of had that at the at the end of the first half. And then he kind of had his moment with Kobe during the Craig Sager interview at halftime, when he kind of photobombed that with, or you know, interview bombed Kobe and yeah. and uh, you know, and said so he tried to dunk on me, and you know, they had a good laugh about it. So that was probably about as much LeBron as you needed in a game like this.
1: Yeah. All right, EG, we're at 51 minutes.
2: I will right. not... I will Let's not. keep it under... We'll keep it under a under 100, 100 or uh, 60 minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you for basically, like, one-word answers. Okay. <clears throat> um, we'll start with a yes or no. Will Kevin Love be on the Cavs at this time next year? Yes. Okay. Uh, what...
2: Wait,
1: now should I ask you the same question or No, no. Um so you, Okay, let me ask you another question. What uh what's the over under on the probability that the Cavs will make a trade before the trade deadline this year? Um 10%. Oh, wow. Okay, I would put it much higher than that. I would say like 45 maybe even you really what? don't think you don't think the Cavs are going to make a trade at all?
2: No, I think I think here. And I, it's funny I put this on because Nomad always likes to talk about trades, like the Marquise Morris potential or the, the the Ben McLemore trade potential. Right. And, right. and here's my my point is: there's two things wrong with the Cavs making the, the logic of the Cavs making making a move. The first is they don't have anything that anybody wants right now.
1: Agreed, except for Kevin Love and maybe Deli. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, but they're
2: not. I don't think they're ready to trade Kevin. I don't think they're ready to, to trade Del I'll put it this way: whatever they, whatever the team would have to offer for Kevin Love, I don't think is going to get offered. And then for Deli, I think they realize just how important he is, especially after the last couple of games. But, yeah. but I think so. That's number one. Number two is that what they want isn't available. Like Macklemore is a decent spot up shooter, but he's not great. I mean, he's like thirty-seven percent, I think, and he's not a guy that can do much else with. And he's not really a defensive player. There, there's no, there, there's no Ariza available to them right now. There's no, I mean, even Jared Dudley, the the guy they want, like he's not. Washington's not giving him up. Like they, they like he's not being made available for what the Cavs have. So those two things for me. Kind of lead up to I don't think there'll be a move made, maybe a minor move again to get like McLemore for you know for nothing or you know or the trade exception or something like that, but that doesn't even feel like the move that you make with something like that. I feel like the more the more likely thing is that they'll wind up signing a, a an interesting vet. You know, once once um, contracts start getting bought out, like maybe a Joe Johnson or something like that.
1: Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like there's only three players that the Cavs could take on that might be a minor improvement, and it's Joe Johnson, Omar Ashik, and Tyson Chandler because I feel like their teams are the only teams that would say, yeah, we'd actually rather not be paying those guys going forward. Um and every but how could
2: the? I mean wouldn't wouldn't Ashik's contract really really lock up the cap? I mean not that well, the not on, are yeah that's, that's what locked I'm up. Saying. But that's like wouldn't that just be the normal
1: rules don't apply? So most teams aren't that aren't competitive aren't looking to clear up salary cap space. So it has to be a team that really is doing poorly and has a, a over the hill kind of player. Um, I mean, Tyson Chandler might be 32. Joe Johnson's probably 30-ish, um, and they're making so much money. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't see any deal except that kind of deal where a guy is just very overpaid, and the Cavs take on an insane amount of salary to get marginally better. That's about yeah. the only deal I could see
2: happening yeah. to get a guy who's probably like the ninth or tenth guy on the bench. Yeah. So how about you? So so I'll ask a different question to you back back to you, which because this has been part of the the talk. about the rumor talks about the Cavs, but on a different level, do you think the Boston Celtics make a make a big splash move? And and, and if they do, who is it? Yeah, I do. I don't
1: know if they'll be able to do it uh, this year, or if they'll do it in the off the off season. But they should be targeting Jeff Teague, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, if, if he's re- truly being made available, I I think a guy like Jay Crowder is exactly the type of guy that um, Mike Boldenholzer wants to coach. And, right. I mean, I think the, the Celtics – or not the Celtics. What am I saying? The Knicks should be going after Jeff Teague. They need a point guard. Mm. Um, the Celtics have like eight point guards. <laughs> they don't need one. Uh, no, they need a big. man.
2: they need Al Horford. That's so what they need.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. They need they need a big man. They're point guards and and uh, you know kind of like combo forwards, basically on that team. I mean, Jared Solinger, Kelly Olynyk, uh, Amir Johnson. When those three guys are your bigs, that's kind of like when you have two quarterbacks. You have no quarterbacks. That's yeah. kind of like what that is.
2: Yet they're still what they they're third in the in the East right now.
1: They're a scrappy team. I just I don't feel like their ceiling is is that of the Raptors or the Cavs. You know. No, I'm with you, and
2: I don't even think the Raptors' ceiling is that high. I think they're they're the to me the Raptors are the are the Hawks of last year to some degree. I think they're a lot of their a lot of their. Their ability is inflated. I do think the the Raptors are probably the the most likely team to make a make a move because I think they've got a, a lot of nice, a lot of interesting pieces that they yeah. might be able to to move around and they could bring in a you know a one more guy that could shoot like a you know like a, a Ryan Anderson or yeah. something like that it would yeah. be a really kind of make them a more of a dangerous team. Not I don't think dangerous enough to to take the Cabs out, but but certainly a team that could give the Cabs. Some issues in a in an Eastern Conference final.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I, don't, I don't. We we've actually gotten through all my questions. Can you believe it? Oh, okay, that's great. So, and we're still under sixty minutes. Was yeah, we're out? under we're under an hour. So, yeah. um, what are you looking forward to about the second half ish of the season? And what is the number one thing the Cavs need to do? to uh to have a shot to break the curse this year and to to bring one home for the land
2: i think um the thing i'm most looking forward to is getting getting seeing the return of of fully engaged kyrie i think uh he's he's definitely been getting better on the offensive end and i think big time yeah and i think the defense will come around i'm not i'm not i'm by no means an advocate at all of the whole trade kyrie talk that was going around like I, I'm on the opposite end. I think I, I would I would get rid of LeBron before I get rid of Kyrie. I think the kid's oh, super wow. talented, and I think I think he's 23, and I think I, I think he showed he's shown flashes that he can play defense, and I think it's just a question of of really working with him and and getting him into the flow of of uh, you know of, of what needs to happen. And I think look, it's it's we've all talked about it. I think they need to. The, it's very very simple, I think they have all the pieces they need all the relevant pieces right now that they need to win a championship they just need to figure out how best to maximize their their talents and work together and if they can do that they only have to beat they really only have to beat one you know daunting team from the west and again like we said last year these western teams are going to beat each other up yeah if they could stay healthy I think they have a shot I think golden State could very well is looking like a you know a team of you know a team an epic team, but um, no team's unbeatable. Just ask the you know the whatever year the Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, there's there, there's always a way to beat a team like that. It's just a question of how hard are you willing to work for it. I'd love to see the effort level come up in the second half, and I think it will. I think LeBron always starts to lock in post-All-Star break, and I think Kyrie will start to figure it out, and I think uh, hopefully, I mean, you know, it sounds like Kevin Love's shoulder is not too bad, so I think, um, you know, the, the, those three guys need to figure out how to work together. It's no it's no secret. It's just a, they need to get back to that what they had last year in the first three-and-a-half games of the Boston series before Love's shoulder went out.
1: Yeah, well I that was great and all that you said about what they really need to do, I couldn't agree more and I think Kyrie his last two or three games he's just looked phenomenal at the offensive end and um, you know that makes his his limitations on defense a lot more uh, forgiving when he just looks like the best player on the court offensively by a mile and that's how yeah. he's looked the last two games so that three balls coming back. The mid range game has been uh deadly the whole season for him. And his his below the rim game I mean, I honestly think he's the best below the rim finisher that has ever walked the foot of planet Earth. I mean I I, I can't think of anyone that's as good as he is.
2: I'm um, with you on that. I think he's terrific.
1: So yeah, I but I mean there he you know, the trade the trade talk I think rubs people the wrong way but in a lot of cases I don't think anyone denies his talent they just question you know how how does how does he make the rest of the team greater than some of his parts with his insane talents and I don't feel like uh, directly he directly affects that I feel like his skill set and his gravity or whatever you want to call it does rub off on the team. Um, And he takes pressure off some of the other guys that have a higher usage. But I think the number one thing the Cavs need to do to to win it all is it's simple. I mean, Kyrie and Kevin Love need to find a style that works with LeBron because I don't think LeBron's going to change his stripes too much. And they just have to become a juggernaut. Yep. We got 20 seconds. (laughs) What, What would you do if you had 20 seconds left to live? Go.
2: Um probably spend it with my family oh
1: that was really good yeah i would too i, I, love, like my, you. I, yeah. I love i love my family and five
2: and four, and hopefully and hopefully there'd be a there'd be
1: and go cabs kind of the- thank you for listening to cabs the Blog podcast check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers.